everybody. So this is the Hallmarkies podcast, and we're really excited to get to interview uh, an actor named Brendan Taylor, in, who is part of the new movie Love Once and Always that is coming out uh, tomorrow. I'm really excited to get to talk to Brendan. Uh, Amber is not able to make it to this morning, and so you'll have to excuse her and uh, so, Brendan, thank you so much for uh, being on the podcast and talking with us. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me. And so, uh, first, we'd like to do is uh, is to uh, just ask you to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about uh, what inspired you to become an actor and and uh, and how you got to where you are today. Sure. Um, yeah. So, my name is Brendan Taylor. I'm an actor located in Vancouver, British Columbia. Um, I, uh, have been with my agent for, you know, a good 10 years now. Um, you know, but I've been, I've been booking steadily for about three or four, um, and, uh, knock on wood <laughs> that uh, acting has been, uh, in my career so far, which is, which has been my dream, but has not been a, uh, a direct jump, a, uh, overnight success. It's been, a a culmination of many events and a lot of time and a lot of skill and uh, skills being developed through uh, experience. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, uh, I started in high school, um, was sort of naturally gifted at it, but I didn't really think that it was something that real people could do. <laughs> it seemed like such a far away thing um, that, you know, only big Hollywood actors uh, are a different breed or type of person. And it just didn't seem like uh, something that that little old me could do. <laughs> and um, I eventually found I kept with it, though, and kept because I enjoyed it. And I kept doing classes and, and um, I worked in the art department for about 10 years uh, on the other side of camera mm-hmm. and got to know a film set uh, through and through. And, and I got to watch some you know big a-list actors do their thing in front of me and talk to them and and it was that was very inspiring as it sort of brought everything closer to home um it, it closer to it within reach of, of maybe this isn't such a surreal possibility for me and um so i just kept pursuing it and and started to scale back my job um in the art department and as i got more auditions and i had really great bosses who supported me to go away at on lunch breaks and change while I'm driving and drive across town and inhale a sandwich of my lunch break and head on the way back to set and keep working. So, and, uh, finally it just sort of started to shift in my direction that I could, uh, I'm doing this, uh, full time. So mm-hmm. been uh, really great, but it's, it's definitely a grind. It's not, I can't kick back mm-hmm. and I don't live in a, <laughs> on a yacht. <laughs> I'm just, uh, just, uh, you know, yeah, I've only gotten to where I am through through hard work. So that's great. <laughs> what is it that you yeah. like about acting? What is it? <clears throat> I think I've always been drawn to movies and 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 films and and uh, movies and films and TV uh, and stories and fictional stories and other people's stories. Um, I I really like the idea that one person can can represent someone else and 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 tell a story and and 
you know, society is nothing without the ability to tell other people's stories. Otherwise, we'd all just be robots, you know, mm-hmm. working for the man. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, w- yeah. was it something that uh, you grew up watching a lot of movies and uh, were a big movie person? Yeah, definitely. I grew up watching. I mean, I dating myself definitely, but I I grew up in the late '80s and '90s, and which I think, of course, anyone will say, but it's the best time to grow up. Um, having a lot of the great classics. Uh, you know, Star Wars, Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, um, a lot of Mel Brooks and and um, and uh, Monty Python were big influences for me for comedy wise. I've always loved comedies and been into that. Um, but just yeah, you know, action movies as well. I think Batman, Tim Burton's original Batman, is probably a game changer for me. Mm-hmm. Um, just the that sort of cool dark sort of action um film was just uh was really inspiring to me and i you know get drawn into these i think as us real fans do you get sort of drawn into these worlds and um yeah so it just i think but i was a very shy sensitive kid who uh, that doesn't you know you you think of actors as maybe uh uh uh, extroverted center of attention kind of thing, but that's really not the case in in most cases. Mm. I, I would think. Um, I you know, I, I there's the, the sensitivity and the empathy leads to being able to develop character. But if you're kind of, you know, look at me, look at me, you're not really, ne- maybe necessarily, uh, you know, taking in all the all the detail. So, mm. um, yeah. Um, uh, but some, it's, it's, I think it's pretty common for some, some famous actors too. Uh, uh, anyway, good examples like Daniel Day-Lewis, who's you know, considered one of the greatest yeah. actors of all time. And how much do you hear about him in, in public, you know, in, in media and everything? Like he literally, I'm sure he literally pays people to hide him <laughs> because yeah. he, him and his family, you don't know anything about him because he doesn't make it known. Cause I think mm-hmm. really appreciates him. He's a very, in interviews, he's a very socially awkward kind of very mm-hmm. uh, eccentric person. Um, but you know, then he dives in and does these insane, powerful, crazy roles. So yeah, um, yeah, that's true. That's a good yeah. example. He, he gets yeah. to be the the cobbler in his uh, free time, but then uh, becomes the actor. And he gets a part, I guess. Um, so that's yeah. really cool. That's interesting. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a uh, it's. Um, I think, yeah, when you get to sort of that level of, you know, the stuff you see in, on TV and stuff, it's all, it's, it's public relations, you know, it's people um, paying for the exposure. Sure, um, sure. But I think, um, you know, a lot of that stuff that you see, you know, they literally tell people, the big stars are like, okay, they were going to be at this hotel in like 20 minutes. Yeah. Like your camera's job. ready. Yeah. You know, they're like, that's not the case for, uh, you know, I think the majority yeah so yeah cool so it, when you're working in the art department uh in films like the wicker man what was that mm-hmm. because that i mean that movie is a hot mess but the but the <laughs> yes, art department the art the production design is actually pretty strong um it is what was what was that like it was uh i was a really cool uh experience um it being sort of my first big job um we shot 
on uh, Bowen Island here, which is a uh, a small island just um, up the coast uh, here in, in Vancouver. So I get to take a ferry every day and it's a, a really beautiful place. So a lot of travel with that. Um, the uh, the lab sets and the the interiors and stuff like that are, were all very very cool. We um, we were all over uh, Vancouver shooting that film. Um, there's one kind of cool science lab set that had sort of like jars of organs and animals and things like that, which was a kind of fun set to be a part of. Um, but sort of funny story that's not. But still, art department, but not really my job was the they they built the big wicker man, the big yeah um, cage that Nicholas Cage is in cage in the cage, um, the uh, the head that he he lives in, um, and uh, that he's he's put in at the top, and and they actually built the full size one on on Bowen Island and, and lined it with propane lines, so it would all uh, burn up really quickly. And um, I wasn't there that day, but I, I heard that it it burned so fast and the ashes and smoke went so far that all the, there were tents and there were background actors, people's things, and all the ashes came down and burned holes in everyone's clothes and the tents. And it was just like, it was, the wind just kind of took all the fire and dropped it on the, the people and stuff like that. It was a, it was a pretty big deal. And then the head was designed to fall off. And there's a, in the, in the film, of the uh, head falls on the camera, sort of like that the camera right. looking up and um apparently that like destroyed the camera and they like just barely salvaged the uh, the footage because like this burning hot piece of thing bundle of wood was sitting on top of a a, a camera so um yeah there's a lot of a lot of really cool little stories about that but I, you know some are hearsay i don't know yeah. sure all of them are but <laughs> interesting um, yeah it was it was pretty cool yeah. Well, all the and all the bees they had to work with. <laughs> yeah, some of those right, were digital bees, bees obviously. Some of them were. Yes, they're all. They're all. Uh, um, but the art department did make all of the hives and everything. Those are all um, things that were uh, made out of uh, foam, actually. Sort of oh, really? A cage, uh, sort of. Yeah, the paint department construction made all of those uh, things. But I remember getting a lot of like honey products and like beeswax candles afterwards yeah that was kind of fun there you go that's yeah. fun uh yeah do, do you have any other projects that you worked on the on the production design that that stood out to you um yeah i mean i worked on a show called falling skies uh-huh. which um i had about four seasons i believe um which was a, a post-apocalyptic show about uh, an alien invasion. And um, the kind of cool thing about that is every season, the, the sort of you know, these people living in a, a post-apocalyptic world, that much like kind of Walking Dead, uh, if you watch that, it, the, the surroundings get more and more decayed over time. It's like no one's maintaining anything. And, um, uh, and in this show, there were a lot of, um, uh, sort of, you know, all the objects, all the good stuff was, take maybe early on that people salvaged all the good stuff and you know three or four seasons in there's like people are living in like barely what you would call shelters just because they're thrown together with whatever people can find because you know nothing exists anymore and you can't um can't build a house or anything like that so it was kind of cool to make these like designed messes everywhere it was it looked like chaos like just a bunch of crap 
throwing her on the ground, but mm-hmm. it had to be strategic, which made sense with you know the story and timelines like that. So um, making those like kind of designed, architected messes are kind of cool. Um, yeah, taking you know old pianos and I had a lot of forklift work on that, so like destroy stuff forklift. Making a big piano that's all broken and smashing it on the ground and making it pieces and then making a little music room in the corner or something like that. So, yeah, I don't know. it's a lot of cool things. Sure. Yeah, that you wouldn't think that like the destruction is uh, production to make in a way. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a kind of a misnomer. I mean, when something is decorated, you think of maybe a fancy office or something like yeah. that. Um, you might think, oh, it's decorated, but the set deck is just as equally responsible for like a, you know, a, a, a slum or a, you know, a, I don't know, a crack house or something like that. Right, you know, right. it would be all all decayed and decrepit. Like you can't just throw stuff on the ground. Like it has to kind of make sense for, you know, because all of those places, if you go into that place, it's abandoned. It was it was once something, and then is now a decayed version of that so you have to like start with what it was and then tell the story with the, the mess and everything so um yeah. yeah it's worth keep paying attention to in other in other uh shows as well when things that yeah do you, that they're actually very carefully designed yeah do you watch things differently after that experience so you see oh but that was really hard to to do definitely yeah um hopefully if the movie or show sometimes it just stands out because it's so good. But what what happens is if a, if a movie is kind of or a show is is losing my interest, then I'll start to kind of oh, wander. Yeah. My brain wanders into like the technical aspect of how they did everything, um, uh, and you know paying attention to oh that looks good or or that's out of place or whatever. But one one set I remember that stands out to me if you watch the first season of True Detective, mm-hmm. the one with uh, Matthew McConaughey and uh, Woody Harrelson, there's a, a scene at the end where they go to the serial killer's house. And there's stacks of magazines and books and everything. That particular messy set, and that's a really good example of one done like in a very specific style that just looks so run down and gross. And But I don't know, it was, uh, took a lot of effort. If you think of that, like people made that, like they probably started with an empty room, then it's it's pretty impressive to think of it that way. Yeah, yeah, I, it's true. Like even just uh, since I I've I have a another channel that called Rachel's Reviews where I review movies and stuff. But um, mm-hmm. and even just as I've uh, become sort of more of a of a, a seasoned movie uh, um, movie watcher, even mm-hmm. I, I you start to notice things that like and typical I think that I would never have noticed before. Um, yeah. And, uh, in some ways that's a good thing because i noticed you know i'm just it's a more rich experience but in some ways it's mm-hmm. a bad thing because i'm probably more critical than i would have been like <laughs> when yeah. i you know anyway so it's it's interesting I, i'm sure it's even exactly. more yeah. so when uh when you're actually uh involved in the process of movie making or or, or television for sure but um yeah you start to notice yeah different I'll just also camera shots and you're like, well, how do they do that? Or how do they shoot that? Or how to, um, I mean, I'm not uh, an expert at all in cinematography, but you know, I've watched enough and been around it enough where I see how it's all done. And you're like, how do they do that? (laughs) It's pretty cool. 
Yeah, yeah. that is really cool. Um, so, so let's talk about some of your roles that you've had. Able, you were in a show called The Trials of Superman. That's right. Um, yeah, so that was last fall. It was um, a special sort of docu series on AMC called um, AMC's Visionaries, and uh, this one was uh, um, the Secret History of Comic Books. And it was a series that talked about Wonder Woman in one episode, and and uh, and uh, yeah, I think Marvel Comics, DC Comics, and my episode was about uh, Superman. Uh, specifically the the trials of Superman that Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, the creators, um, not everyone knows that they they spent the majority of their life in legal battles with uh, DC Comics trying to get their rights back um, for their creation of Superman. Um, I I played uh, Jerry Siegel, who was the sort of created the idea of Superman and, and his buddy Joe Schuster was the one who animated him and they worked together early on in history and um but yeah eventually dc um sort of not just they owned the rights legally but they never credited them or or got them in or or on on the huge success that you know the icon that is uh superman um so it was very interesting to see to sort of learn and play that that history and and when they were um when they were acknowledged was actually the opening credits of the 1978 movie. I could be wrong. Uh, the, uh, the one with Christopher Reeves, the big movie with Marlon Brando and yeah. um, uh, Mario Puzo who wrote it or directed it also wrote the Godfather, like that big Hollywood movie. Um, you know, they were invited to the premiere and after a long legal battle, they noticed their, Names come up on the screen says Superman created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. And that was, that was the big sort of moment where they were finally acknowledged for, for what they did. So it was a, it's a pretty cool uh, story to, to dive into, learn about for comic book geeks out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's really cool. Uh, your f- uh, film, I think, or that you were in is mm-hmm. Charlotte's song. That's right. What, you want to tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so that I wish I could say um, if you go and watch it um, is still uh, caught up in distribution. <laughs> um, okay. But it, we shot it a, a while ago. But um, it was a, a, high, a higher budget independent film um, where we it was a, um, uh, a fantasy story based on the Little Mermaid uh, set a period piece in the 1930s, the Dust mm-hmm. Bowl in the United States. Um, and a sort of dark fantasy, sort of, um, the scary version. <laughs> um, and it's a, it's a pretty dark uh, story, but um, uh, my I have daughter, I have six daughters, and the, the youngest as um, I basically well, it started that I took my my wife, who was the mermaid, and I I took her away from the sea um, because she was um, being hunted by the people of the sea. Um, so we went as far as we could, which is inland United States. And, um, uh, but these monsters eventually sort of follow us there and, and um, are disguised as other people. And so the main bad guy um, was uh, Ewan Brion from Game of Thrones, um, uh, Ramsey Snow. Uh, so we were pretty excited to, uh, we found out only a couple of days before they sort of kept it from us uh, that he was going to be our, our, um, 
a guest star. So it was pretty cool to uh, see with him. If you're familiar with that mm -hmm. show, um, he had a pretty pretty big part in it, and uh, you know he's he's a good villain. <laughs> cool. Uh, but he's a very nice guy in real life. Yeah. That's He'd never cool. been to Canada before, and um, he's only here for ten days. And mm -hmm. So we got we had a lot of time to to chat about Game of Thrones like that so that was a pretty big thrill for me <laughs> yeah that's really cool yeah. i i am like a massive little mermaid fan so mm. uh, that sounds really interesting to me uh yeah yeah it was like the the first movie that i ever really the disney one is the first movie i've ever really fell in love with uh it, mm. was, it was kind of my childhood if you talk to my brother he's like uh, he'll he's like the little mermaid he'll just groan because <laughs> yeah how much yeah, I, yeah exactly but, um so yeah i'm, I'm uh, always curious to see different like interpretations and different styles sure. on the same story that's one thing i love about cinderella too is just like mm -hmm. how many they're able to, people are able to take this core story and make it mm -hmm. so different uh and yeah. I really like that. Uh, or yeah, just well, pay homage uh, to it in different ways. It's cool. Totally. Yeah. Well, the I mean the you know that the the Disney version is is based on on the fable. Sure. Uh, sure. That's not sure. the original, and the the fable is sort of the basis for this film, yeah. um, and which uh, has you know, different interpretations for sure. So, um, yeah. I mean, but uh, hopefully, I'll you know I'll let everyone know when when it comes out through my social media it's yeah. been long enough <laughs> um but you can watch it was based off a short film um that i think okay. is on youtube still um the same director nicholas humphreys um made it um but if you i wonder how to tag if you just put little mermaid it'd be hard to hard to find that um but if you put maybe little mermaid circus as like a tag line it was okay. it's, uh maybe that would help cool. and nicholas humphreys as well maybe use his name it would uh you'd find your way back to it. it's actually got quite a quite a lot of views on youtube it's been mm. you know things come back around in social media and they sort of go away and then people rediscover them as like new things you know, like, cool that's happened uh, a couple times so was a heavenly christmas was that was your first project for uh hallmark that's right yeah it was um a smaller role but it was uh a fun little part with uh, Eric McCormick and Kristen Davis. Mm -hmm. um, I love that and, movie because we had the yeah. writer, Greg McBride, on our uh, on our podcast uh, talking oh, cool. about our favorite romantic movies, and he's a delight right. and the best. And uh, yeah, yeah, he's great. Yeah, and so tell us uh, a little bit about uh, your new role in this new movie coming up, Love Once and Always. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, I play Randall. Um, so if we know a little bit about the, the previews of Love Once and Always, uh, Lucy and Duncan were uh, in love as as young as young adults, and and were sort of uh, parted ways as they as they pursued their professional lives. And um, anyways, uh, Lucy's aunt uh, passed away and left her and Duncan, who was the uh, um, I guess the son of the caretakers there. The, she left them equally this uh, mansion um, to share or, or to decide or to live in, even maybe as, a, as an encouragement for them to get together. But you know, they have to decide what to do with this mansion, which is a, a very big part of of the small town. 
um, do they sell it to the developer or do they try to preserve it? And um, so they have to both come back together to the small town and and uh, and of course sparks being the flag and <laughs> that kind of thing. And and uh, Randall, my character, is uh, the son of uh, other friends close to um, her aunt and and thus them growing up. So I knew them both growing up and. I, uh, you know, sort of see the the connection happening again as well. So we, uh, and we all want to save this mansion. So I may or may not, you know, give a little nudge in that direction. Uh-huh. <laughs> fun. Yeah. It's fun. I'm really excited for this movie. I think it looks really yeah. cute. And yeah, it's really great. Yeah. Um, Amanda and Peter were really, really awesome. Um, I got along great with them, and uh, Amanda Shell was, was actually really funny person. Oh, yeah? She should have her own. She should have her own like comedy show. She's her oh. comedic timing is like awesome. <laughs> uh, I wasn't yeah expecting that. I wasn't expecting anything, but uh, yeah, she was. She's great, and um, yeah, just uh, working with Alan Harmon, um, the director who I've known for quite a while. Um, his daughter. Uh, his son and daughter uh, Jessica Harmon and Richard Harmon are both really well known from uh, The Hundred and uh, I Zombie. So uh, they're both successful actors here in Vancouver as well. So, and I uh, actually went to high school with Jessica. So, oh, it's all a small world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So I guess yeah. um, Peter Porte in his Facebook Live, he said that the mansion was like haunted and weird. Uh, did you get to spend any time in the mansion? Oh, um, yeah, the mansion, I think, well, we had, uh, for one, a couple of different locations for the mansion. Uh, I'm trying to think of what, which one. He spent probably more time in it, obviously, yeah. uh, than I did. But um, there are a couple of locations that are used around town that are uh, older uh, heritage buildings that are um, known for that as well mm-hmm. so um I've, i think and i've been to most of them in my set tech career as well too so oh um, yeah i didn't experience any any haunting personally, <laughs> cool yeah. well i think it, it looks like a really really fun movie i'm definitely excited yeah. so we mm. like to to end our interviews with a little like kind of fun fun set of questions silly mm. silly questions uh so i yeah. uh, so if you'll indulge us here uh with, sure. okay so here we go so what's the best ice cream flavor mint chocolate chip mm. okay favorite yep. color uh olive green oh um yeah. what music are you listening to right now like in your life what's your favorite music um i listen to a lot of uh rap and hip-hop Oh. Um, uh, I've been uh, I've liking the Black Panther soundtrack and, and Kendrick oh, yeah. Lamar. Yeah, <laughs> I I really like that too. Um, okay, yeah. so uh, what was your go-to date night food? Go-to date night food. Um, wow. Um, I I'm a big fan of like Italian food. Uh-huh. Um, pizza and and pasta. I specifically like pasta with like meat sauce. Is like a big one for me. Yeah, I think that's like just a good comfort. Good choice food that everyone loves. It's hard yeah. to eat elegantly 
on a date. That's it the is. only downside to pasta. That's, I, that's true. I, you have uh, to get like the the like rig, rigatoni or something like that that you could if if you try to do spaghetti, that's that's a terrible terrible choice. Y- y- yeah, definitely. I think uh, <laughs> yeah, it'd be hard to hard to eat elegantly unless you maybe just get someone to like pre-cut your food for you or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Elegant little bite. <laughs> right. And that's why like then, a, yeah. a piece of chicken is like I think the perfect you don't want a sandwich because that's too messy. Too No, no, yeah, that's too then much. you're getting in there with your hands and <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Or burger. <laughs> that's terrible. But uh but no, yeah, I I, I love Italian food, so I'm totally with you there. Uh spaghetti yeah. balls when I'm not on a date is like my favorite food in the whole world. What is your go-to date night activity? Your favorite thing? Um, I always like doing something that's a little bit exciting. Um, I think something, well, like something like a movie is just uh, it's kind of a cop-out, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Choosing to spend spend like two or more hours like sitting next to someone and not talking. It's kind of right. odd, especially if you're like getting to know someone. So some kind of walk or like a bike ride or um that's some fun. sort of outdoor experience it's yeah a good way to go we talked we've talked about this before on the podcast but if you do do the movie date the key is mm-hmm. you do movie and dinner not dinner and yeah. movie because then you can go yeah. to the movie and then you can talk about the movie at dinner true true that yeah. that's a good way that's good the key way to do it too so okay, yeah. <laughs> so dogs or cats? Dogs. Dogs. Definitely a dog person. I I like cats. I'm allergic to cats. Yeah, me too. Um, but it doesn't mean that I don't like them. Right. Uh, <laughs> definitely more of a dog person. <laughs> cool. Beaches or mountains? Yeah. Ooh, well, in Vancouver we have both. So, and I literally I live next to the beach, and I am oh, minutes so away jealous. from a mountain. So. Um, I that's that's a tough call. I'd probably say beaches though. Yeah. I got to be near uh, near the water. I grew up near the water, and I feel weird when I'm not near it. So yeah, I I that's the because I I'm in Utah, and that's the mm. downside to Utah is it's landlocked, no ocean. But uh, yeah. I love the ocean. I like live for the ocean. But um yeah, I grew up on the pacific coast so i i just uh it's weird when i go somewhere that doesn't have a, a big body of water yeah it was just so unfamiliar <laughs> all right almost done so suit and tie or or sweats suit and tie or sweat i mean the tie looks nice but you know, it'll be <laughs> real it's not very comfortable <laughs> all right I, I go for sweat for sure yeah so fa- favorite holiday <laughs> Favorite holiday? Um, hmm, that's a tough one. I think I like. I'd, I'd probably say Christmas. Yeah. Christmas is uh, Christmas is ever changing. I think with with life and you know having certain meaning when you're a kid and you get grow older and it sort of changes to shift your attention on others and yeah. that's great for true. me. So and yeah. uh, and it is a, a time of year where things just kind of slow down so kind of like that except for hallmark they think zoom up at christmas for hallmark uh mm-hmm. last year yeah. were the 30 33 new films mm-hmm. for, for, yeah. for christmas um oh wow yeah it was pretty pretty fun 
hope it's not too hard of a question, but your favorite Hallmark movie? Um, wow. Um, I think I actually, I really liked um, Heavenly Christmas. I, oh. I thought it was cute. I really liked the, the, the casting. Um, yeah. And uh, it, was a, it was a cute story. And yeah. yeah, it was just a good, a feel good film and and um it was well well executed so yeah it was a a good one it's a really good one it's one that could have like on uh off the rails pretty easily but uh it's just Mm -hmm. heart and and uh i don't know it just works it's it's really really good yeah eric is a is a is a is a really great actor actually i've seen him on stage as well and uh he's uh he's very experienced and, and a really nice guy too so it was um yeah suited that role well obviously yeah he did he was really good and yeah it and we found out in our interview with greg that he uh he he based some of the characters on on people from his own life and things and i think you could just tell it has that sort of personal feel to it so good choice i I like i like that one so all right well that's it you made it through all the questions cool (laughs) <laughs> awesome <laughs> and, yeah i'm uh i'm on my way to an audition right now okay and well, um and what's that or i was just gonna say well thank you so much for joining us and talking with us and and uh yeah where can, where can people reach you if they on social media or whatever yeah um I, i'm on uh all social media friends at mr brendan taylor at mr brendan taylor uh instagram and and twitter you'll find me um yeah i have some projects uh releasing as well actually the uh the arrangement which i'm in on uh, e-network is coming out it's premiering on sunday i believe mm-hmm. um i i show up again i was in the first season so i show up about halfway through the season and um and a couple other shows including i i can say i can't tell you what it is but tomorrow i'm starting uh shooting another hallmark project oh that's exciting mm-hmm. great well it good is. luck on your yeah. audition and i'll have all of that mm-hmm. information all of all of brendan's contact information in the description section of this uh this podcast so check that out you guys follow him on social media and make sure you're following us on hallmarkies podcast on instagram and twitter and uh we uh have some fun uh stuff Coming up uh, in the next week, uh, we're going to be looking at the detective stories uh, that have been uh, the detective movies that have come out this year, uh, all four of them, and uh, upcoming on this week on the podcast. So definitely look forward to that. And we have this weekend, Love Once and Always, and then we have the new Fixer Upper movie on Sunday uh, and our episode of new episode of when calls the heart so there's a lot of fun stuff coming up this weekend on hallmark so you want to check that out and uh, check out our podcast and uh, thanks again we really appreciate you um taking the time to talk to us great thanks so much for having me and uh we will uh um we'll look forward to seeing you on um on the movie this weekend yeah yeah enjoy it should be a fun (laughs) one thanks uh and and take care all right thanks so much as well Okay, bye-bye.